Greetings. Ahoy. Ahoy. The, re- <laughs> the return of the Mariner's greeting. Yes, sir. I feel like I have to say ahoy when we're actually like not physically together. I feel like I'm greeting you from afar. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're greeting me from a ship. Well, that's true, too. Or down the street, you know. <laughs> so how are, how are you this morning? I am okay. You ever have days where you try, you know, you have a lot to do. So then you try to do like 45 things at once. <laughs> uh, yes. It doesn't always go well. In fact, I'd say it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a multitasker, but sometimes I try to be and then remember that I'm not a multitasker. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get through it. Well, we do the best we can and, and do, do what we know and then figure out that we have more to learn. So. Is, and are you going to uh, equate that to what we're talking about well, today? That happens somehow. to be exactly what we're talking about. Acts chapter 18, verses 18 to 28. And so as we, uh, as we go into this, um, this end of uh, Paul's second missionary journey, uh, he's, he's going from, from Corinth back to Antioch with a stopover in Jerusalem. <clears throat> and then he's back out on the road. And, and while he is away from, from the journey, he's out, not in the field anymore, but he's going back home. Um, we find uh, Apollos, who is a, a gifted speaker and preacher, well-educated, uh, knows the scriptures well, uh, and has become a, a believer in Jesus. Uh, he, is, uh, he is preaching, but he's not preaching the, full, uh, the fullness of the gospel. And so um, Paul has left Aquila and Priscilla, his new friends, behind in Ephesus he takes them from which by the way I wanted to say this last week great great names for a couple yeah isn't it that's that's pretty good stuff <laughs> anyway proceed um, if I had twins that would be what I'd <laughs> right? uh, but anyway he he takes them with him when he leaves Corinth but he drops them at Ephesus and leaves them behind um, uh, ostensibly to to teach presumably to teach and uh, so Apollos is there, and he is having great success as a preacher. Um, and so while he's preaching, it becomes apparent that he only knows part of the gospel, really. And so while he's preaching about Jesus, he doesn't have the fullness of it. So uh, Priscilla and Aquila um, invite him to their home, and they, uh, they kind of educate him and, and mentor him and teach him. Uh, which is a particularly interesting dynamic for a couple that appears to be a fairly new, uh, that it seems like they're fairly new believers. Uh, my, my understanding as I read the first part of chapter 18 is that when Paul meets them in Corinth, they're not believers. Now, we're not expressly told that, but it appears that they're not believers because he's introduced as a Jew who has uh, come to Corinth after Claudius kicked all the Jews out of Italy. So when, uh, when Paul meets them, again, we're, we're not expressly told this, but it appears that they don't know Christ. And as Paul is reasoning in, in the synagogues uh, while staying with them, somewhere along the way, they receive Christ to become converts and uh, spending all their time with this great Christian thinker. Uh, they learn the gospel fully, 
and become uh, great servants uh, of the kingdom. And, and that will continue. Uh, but here in, in this particular part of the story, the focus shifts from Paul to to Apollos and these disciples that he's left behind, which I think is is pretty interesting to watch the dynamic of uh, boldness on their part, the concern not only for this brother, uh, but for the church and for sound doctrine, and also the humility on the part of Apollos, who obviously is gaining respect, as we see in the text, uh, that that he is a, uh, how is it put? He, verse 25, he'd been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus act- accurately, uh, though he knew only the baptism of John. And he was speaking boldly in the synagogue. And so, uh, in fact, he's described in verse 34. Uh, interestingly, by the way, uh, for anybody who is ever confused, this is an African man, uh, and he's a native of Alexandria in, in Egypt. And uh, he's described in verse, thir- in verse 24 as a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. So he is very sound in his understanding of the Old Testament. And now he has learned of Christ and is teaching accurately about Jesus, but not completely, not fully the wholeness of the gospel. And so they clarify this for him and he becomes... Uh, He's willing to receive this, and then he is uh, becomes an emissary from there to Achaia, where the region where Corinth is, and ends up uh, going to Corinth, where Paul and Priscilla and Aquila just came from. So uh, he becomes very helpful to the churches all around. So i'm I'm trying to i I usually have a, a very you know easy time connecting the dots here uh when it comes to I try to think about how we're we're taking these uh these passages and how they can be related to today and I'm having a harder time with that today maybe it's just because it's very uh, very informative I feel like there's less room to to think about those kind of things and maybe i'm just well, missing we something. Do have, <laughs> but, i mean we can talk more about that next right, week but yeah well we do have have uh something of a i don't know if it's a biographical sketch or more of a historical sketch as luke right, is laying right. out okay here's what happens at the end of paul's journey you know he's he's done the work at corinth he leaves corinth he he wraps things up uh verse 18 the beginning of this particular passage he stayed on in corinth for some time then he left the brothers and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off at Centria because of a vow he had taken. Why is that there? Just a, a bit of information to let us know right, right. what's going on. And I think there's significance to the fact that this grace-preaching, uh, gospel-believing apostle uh, still sees value in keeping vows before God. Uh, but, but that's all sort of ancillary uh, to the point of the passage. So he, he has a haircut off at Centuria because of a vow he had taken, verse 19. They arrived at Ephesus where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. So he, they're, they're traveling with him. Makes me wonder, well, man, why did they leave Corinth? You know, did, did he plan for this? Did he plan to take them to Ephesus? Or did they get there and he decided, you know what, these folks at Ephesus still need some more teaching. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to leave, um, I'm going to leave these guys here. So 
they, they arrived at Ephesus, verse 19, where Paul left for Saul and Aquila. He himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. <clears throat> so um, if you remember, at the beginning of the journey, they, they were not allowed by the Holy Spirit to go down to Ephesus. So they uh, went over to Macedonia, came through Greece, and, and did all this stuff. So now they get over to Ephesus. Paul is there doing what he normally does, goes into the synagogue, uh, just like he had in Corinth, just like he did in Athens. You know, that was a normal thing. And he reasons from the scriptures with the Jews about uh, the Messiah. Verse 20, when they asked him to spend more time with them there in Ephesus. So there's a little bit of a different dynamic here, right? So, so many of these places, they're right. running him out of town. Here in Ephesus, they're asking him to stay. Uh, but he declined. Right. Verse 21, as he left, he promised, I will come back if it's God's will, which he eventually does. In fact, we'll see that in chapter 19. <clears throat> then he set sail from Ephesus. When he landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the church, uh, went up to Jerusalem, ostensibly, to, to greet the church from Caesarea, and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. So he's going back, retracing his steps, his steps, so to speak, and, and strengthening the churches, not new missionary stuff, but again, a pastoral visit, following up with people that, that had received the gospel and, and had started churches along that way. It's really important for us to recognize that there, that it's not just evangelism that the church is about it's it's making disciples and disciples requires right. work it requires uh, a, a, a lifelong learning process don't forget that as we move into the next part he's going back to help with this learning process that's an ongoing thing in the churches meanwhile verse 24 a jew named apollos a native of alexandria came to ephesus he was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures he'd been instructed in the way of the lord he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. Now, as we see the specifics coming out here, there is a, a change in velocity, a change in the speed and direction of the text. So in, in 18 to 23, we're, we're moving quickly. Even, you know, we, Paul gets to Ephesus, and we only get little snippets, right? So it, it's not, not right. paragraphs about what's going on in Ephesus. Bang, 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 boom, we're getting getting back home to Antioch. Now we get to, to right. verses 24 to 26, and it slows down dramatically. That should tell us something. As we're just in a natural reading, wait a minute, we're, we're getting to a place where the author wants us to pay more attention. This appears to be where we find the, the crux of the text. What's, what's the big picture? What, what's the core reality that we want to be looking for here? And we're going to find it in this area. Right. So the, then verse 26, Apollos began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila, <clears throat> excuse me, when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. So he taught about Jesus accurately, but only up to the point of repentance because he only knew the baptism of John. He didn't, he wasn't baptizing in the name of Christ. So he, he wasn't fully grasping the whole picture. He knew that, that Christ was the Messiah. That's what he is reasoning about in the, in the synagogue. He, he is speaking very boldly about this. So he's not thinking, well, maybe he's the Messiah. He's, he's got it. He's clinging to it. 
And yet, we're going to find out later, they're not introduced to the Holy Spirit because they're not baptized into Christ, into the faith, into the church. So um, in verse uh, 27, after they explain the way of God to him more accurate, more adequately, more fully, more completely, we can surmise from that in the way that this is written that he he gets it. He says, yeah, please feed, feed me, put more in. I want, I want to know him more. I want to know Christ. And so away from the crowds in the, in the secret place, if you will, they, they get together. They, uh, they teach, he learns, then he goes out and teaches others. Verse 27, uh, he wanted to go to Achaia, the area of where Corinth is. The brothers encouraged him. And say, yeah, go, go do this. Take this mission forward. And they wrote to the disciples there in Achaia to welcome him. On arriving, he was a great help to those uh, who by grace had believed. For he vigorously refuted the Jews in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. So in his humility of, of this ongoing learning process as a disciple, uh, their mentorship to him strengthened him so that he could then go and strengthen others. And, and there's, there is much to be learned here in the lifelong learner attitude of the Christ follower. We don't come to a place where we have arrived and have nothing more to learn. We need to constantly have an attitude of humility, constantly learning to become more like Christ, looking to those who are older than us in the faith or more advanced in their journey uh, to be able to build value into us, to explain to us the way of Christ more adequately. That makes more sense to me. Thank you for explaining. <laughs> and now I have now I have questions and comments, but we're over our time, so and I'll save those for we next have a week. Um, that's very true. So uh, as always, be sure to uh, check out our sermon. If you don't live in the area, you can check it out on our Facebook page on Sunday at ten oh four or on YouTube, uh, they are live, live streamed. So no matter where you are, you can check them out. Um, and then be available for you to watch whenever. As well. uh, other than that, I think that's all I have. Anything more for you? Rich? Um, we'll talk more on Sunday. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening.